eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, gopowercat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Hey, um, disappointed in, in the loss, disappointed in the outcome not disappointed in, in the resolve and effort of our players, not disappointed uh, in the fact that, um, you know, we played 10 football games this year when uh, not many people did play that many games. And for our guys to, to battle with all the adversity that they faced, uh, whether it be injuries to COVID, to opt-outs, to transfers, to uh, everything that those kids faced, they came to work every day and they battled and, and uh, were disappointed. Um, there's some things we have to get a lot better at. We've talked about that. We talked about that in the locker room. Uh, all that being said, we were probably three points away prior to this game of making this game have a really big factor um, against Texas, potentially to go on to bigger, better things. But uh, uh, those are ifs and buts, and we didn't close on those those couple of games we had the opportunity to. So. You know, we'll bounce back. Uh, our kids have really good resolve. I don't know what seniors are going to do, so we won't even go there, we'll go that route and talk about it. But uh, uh, the guys that are coming back, I told them we needed to be better as coaches, and uh, we will, and players needed to be better, and they needed to take ownership uh, for the program because that's when we'll turn the corner is when the kids take the ownership of the program and not the coaches, and, and uh, we have enough of the right guys coming back that I believe that that can happen. That was Kansas State coach Chris Kleiman, and this is the PowerCat Postgame Podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. It may not be a long one today, or it could be an epic one in terms of length because there's so much to discuss. I'm just not sure I want to discuss it. Tim Fitzgerald (laughs) and the former offensive lineman Brian Hanley to break down the Cats. 69-31 to 31 loss to Texas to close the regular season at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. 69 points. Se- Brian, 69 points, and they could have scored more. They just oh, stopped scoring. It could have been 80 easily. Easily. You know, I had, when I was a little kid, and we're talking a long time ago, but I had the early, you know, little football game where you're just kind of pushing the dots around on your little handheld thing, and it goes around the defenders. That's how K-State defended. Just They couldn't get the little dot, and the little dot just scored every time. It was just awful, man. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And if you had asked me how this game would have gone, I would have never, ever said 
Well, uh, even if I thought it was going to be a blowout, that the defense and the special teams would let the team down and the offense would score and look pretty decent at times. Really strange. Just a strange day. What's not strange is we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. That's Caddy with two Ts. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing Willie apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And if you're a K-State fan, you might want to start thinking about your golf game uh, because uh, I don't want to think about football. Uh, Brian, I, I mean, that thing just went south. I mean, it. I don't know if it was lack effort or they got punched in the teeth and they didn't respond, but Texas shocked me at how motivated and prepared the Longhorns were today. Yeah, they did. You know, I brought up in, um, you know, the pregame podcast about how if Texas just laid down because they really didn't have anything to play for, well, that didn't happen. They were playing hard. They came out and played hard hard from the opening snap. They played hard. And we didn't – I shouldn't say we didn't play hard on offense. Defense, look, at at some point you just have to call some things like they are, Tim. The defense did not show up. And it's a combination of what you said. Lack of effort. Guys hurt. You know, got punched in the mouth and didn't respond. All of that played into it. But whatever the case, defense and special teams literally acted like they didn't want to be there today. And it showed. I mean, because like you said, it was 69 points. I mean, they could have scored 90 if they wanted to. Yeah, they could have. I know this. uh, Bijan Robinson could have run for a million. He ran for 172. Do you know how many carries he had, Brian? Just guess. How what did that feel like to you? It felt like about twelve. It was nine. <laughs> nine carries. He averaged nineteen point one yards per carry and he had three touchdowns on nine carries. I I'm speechless at how bad this defense was today, how poorly they tackled, the angles they took, the they just uh I mean Chris Kleiman always talks about being in the right position, having the cup, you know, that tackling cup. Hell, that, that cup spilled in the first quarter. They they were yeah. nowhere near being in position most of the time to make a tackle. And sometimes nope. they were in position, but they just didn't do it. And, uh, yep. I, I mean, we saw a guy go down the sideline because K-State assumed he was out of bounds, and he wasn't. And that, I think that yep. happened a couple times. Uh, it's just uh, an incredibly uh, frustrating day for all connected to K-State football, and on top of all that, the Pride and Joy special teams was trash. was trash. Yes. They gave trash. up. They gave up so many big plays in the course of this game. I just am, I'm just dumbfounded by what took place. And, Brian, in, in my defense, I'm also dumbfounded by the offense because, by God, they looked pretty good at times, and maybe it was just the nature of the game. Maybe the, the game just kind of tilted towards the offense's favors and – K-State's offense was able to move the ball against Texas. Deuce Vaughn, bless his heart, he only had 10 carries and ran for 125. So he was almost as good as a former five-star running back who's a freshman at Texas, but uh, it wasn't nearly enough for K-State. So let's start with that positive. K-State showed some signs on offense. Courtney Messingham was under fire coming into this game because of his play calling. I thought the offense actually looked pretty good. I thought Courtney Messiam called a really good game and found things that worked, changed it up a little bit, 
And it just wasn't nearly enough, was it? It wasn't nearly enough, but I, I mean, you know, the Chiefs may not have been enough, you know, on offense today with <laughs> the way the defense played. So you got to give them a break there. But I thought they did. The offense played well. But here's the thing that we've been calling on all season long. It's amazing when you can throw the ball down the field to one of your best playmakers, what it opens up for you. It's absolutely amazing what can happen if they're involved, engaged, you know, and I'm not talking the coaching staff. I'm talking about him himself being involved and engaged and they're able to get you the ball and you can actually make plays and catch the football. It's amazing what can happen with the offense when you're able to do that, when you're just not forced into running it and throwing it to the running back because we literally don't have anybody else to throw the football to. It's amazing what happened. I thought Malik Knowles played great. He was awesome. Played, yeah, he played great. It's amazing what can happen. And Texas has a decent defense. Now, I'm not saying they're the 85 Bears, so I don't want to, you know, but they've got a decent defense. They play decent. Um, and our offense hadn't shown that we could do a whole lot, and we moved to football. Whenever we wanted to move to football, we had some turnovers. That's going to happen when you have a young quarterback. You know, and you're playing from 21, knowing that if you have to score, because if you don't, they're going right back down the field and score. That's tough to play that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's it's difficult to play that way. Having said that, I thought the offense was great today. I, I really did. I don't care about the turnovers. I don't care about some of the missed assignments. I just think that the offense played great. It was a football game that they came out and they put their best foot forward today. Uh, I was really, really proud of the offense today. They, they played a good game today. And and as bad as I was on Messicam, he called a good game today. He did. Yeah. He did. He called a good game. He opened things up, you know, changed some things around. We weren't so predictable. So it was good to see. It was good to see. Yep, indeed. Will Howard threw the ball 27 times today, completing 16 of those passes uh, two interceptions, and that was, you know, costly, no doubt about it. Uh, but those 16 completions, eight of them went to receivers. That I, I'm yes. certain that's a season high for receivers catching the pass passes. In fact, that's a good four games combined throughout this season. Malik Knowles, yeah. six catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. That was Malik Knowles. He was healthy. And they got the ball to him, and he got open. He ran good routes, and he was really, really effective. Uh, so good to see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we had reported earlier in the season that he was considering transferring to North Texas at the end of the season. We will see if that comes to pass, or maybe this got him back on track and, and kind of feeling better about Kansas State. Deuce Vaughn, four catches, 45 yards. What could the kid not do? He was spectacular. Harry Trotter had three carries or catches. Bradley Moore won. And DJ Render and Phillip Brooks had the other two receiver catches. Um, they diversified the offense for the first time all season. And maybe it was having healthy Malik Knowles. Maybe it was just different play calling. Maybe it was Will Howard finally kind of focusing on receivers. I, I feel like he, he was just kind of going to his comfort areas, which was Deuce Vaughn and Bradley Moore up until today. But all in all, the offense looks so much better. But I just have no explanation for what happened in special teams and defense. I just, I just like I said, I just never imagined that happening. And yeah. when when it starts to go bad, when you see a defense kind of falling apart, um, it's got to be just a helpless feeling for everyone on the sideline. 
Yeah, it definitely is. Did you see that the defense can't do anything or it's just, it's deflating is what it is. It's deflating. It's one thing if your offense can't move, Hey, they're just stopping what we're trying to do, you know, and that can be deflating in itself, but you know, Hey, it's one thing they, we just can't move it. They're, they, they're stopping us, whatever. We'll get it figured out on defense. If they're just up and down the field, I mean, and it was literally, I know people make jokes about guys. They know oh, they were doing wind sprints up and down. They literally were doing that. I mean, guys were running 20, 25, 30 yards at a time. I'm like, I've literally never seen a Kansas State defense this bad. Now, again, I haven't been watching since about 95, so I know some of those mid-80 teams were pathetic, but that's what it seemed like today. I mean, it just seemed like we just didn't have – anybody out there that was capable of playing at the big 12 level today. And I know that we do. I know that we have guys out there that are capable of doing that. So to me, it's the effort just, Hey, they just had cashed it in. They just cashed it in on, on defense and on special teams and on special teams. They just cashed it in because Texas is really good. They've got good players. They're not coached. Well, it is what it is when it comes to that, but they're not that much better than we are, Tim. I'll never believe that. I will never believe that Texas is this much better than we are. I, I just, I, I won't believe. You can't never convince me of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chris Kleiman talked about in the post game about he needs guys, particularly his young guys who didn't have the off season, need to get bigger, stronger, faster because they were just outmatched. And at times, Brian, it really looked that way physically. It was just a complete yeah. mismatch. Uh, but it shouldn't – schematically, you should be able to close the gap some. K-State has historically done that. And even Chris Kleiman did that last year. So I ask Great. you this. Uh, did this all finally catch up to K-State, that uh, the lack of depth, the, the lack of practice, the lack of all the things that would happen in a normal year, did it all catch up at the middle of the season and just the cats kind of just fell apart as it went? Yep, I believe so. I mean, you could only go so much. I mean, you can't practice. You can't do this. You can't do that. You just can't prepare the same when you don't have the bodies. I mean, you can't prepare. You know, when you don't have bodies to be able to prepare, and then some of the guys that you're playing shouldn't be on the football field because they're not ready to be there. That takes a toll on your football team as well. So it's just, it's one of those things to where every, it, it caught up. You're 100% right. It just caught up with us. We weren't, we don't have the depth. We just don't have it yet. We just don't have it. And we got to get there. And I know everybody and every fan always harps on recruiting and we just keep bringing it up and bringing it up and, br- and just beating that drum. But at some point, that drum, you know, it, we're going to beat it until it gets fixed. So it, it's got to get fixed. We just got to get the numbers. We got to get the numbers. And again, I COVID ravaged us. Injuries ravaged us. Yep. Uh, how different is the season with Skylar Thompson on the field? I don't want to bag on Will at all. However... I, when you have a quarterback that knows where to go with the football and what to do with the football, I'm not saying that Skyler was the, the perfect quarterback, but he knew where to go with the football. He knew the offense. He knew to get us in out of one play and get us into another play. It just makes things totally different. Games that we couldn't move the football or couldn't do this, you never know what we could have done because all it was, hey, we're going to run left. You know what? No, we're going to run right. 
or you know what, the protection is being slid to the left. You know what, no, we need to max protect or we need to slide it right. That's just things that uh, an experienced quarterback knows and an inexperienced quarterback just doesn't know. And it's not his fault, but who knows? I mean, we so many close games and games that we could have won. Who knows what could have happened? Who knows? Yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, I can point to a couple games that might have had different outcomes, and I don't think you're going to see some of these blowouts. Um, I'm not sure Correct. how much difference it would have made, but it would have made a positive difference. Evan. I yeah, mean, it would have. Common sense. A, a veteran quarterback, a proven leader over a true freshman who didn't get enough practice. I thought That's Will, right. I thought Will Howard was a warrior this year. Perfect? Hell no. Not even close. Makes a lot of silly mistakes. Yeah, you know what? He looked like a, a true freshman thrown into the Big 12 uh, without right. enough time to prepare, and he wasn't supposed to be playing at this level yet. It is what it is. He had to do it, and he gave his best. And I, I tweeted this after the game. No matter what you want to say about Will Howard, about the turnovers, about um, maybe not responding some of the ways you'd want to, that kid showed up in the postgame press conference every time he was asked to be there. And that's right. That's an 18, 19-year-old kid. That's a man. That's yeah. I've seen seniors only want to show up after wins, right? Uh, uh, and not not this quarterback. This quarterback showed up whenever asked to by the sports information department. I think Will Howard's got a bright future. Um, it might. It'll be. I'll fa- be fascinated to see if Skyler Thompson returns. The latest we're hearing, maybe he is. Uh, but it's a big decision for a guy like that. Um, his body's been beaten up. Does he still want to play the NFL? I, I'm not sure what any of that is for, for Skyler. I hope he comes back for K-State football's sake because I think the Wildcats would be better with him while him uh, while he helps two young quarterbacks prepare for the future. And we'll see if uh, Jake Rubley and, and Will Howard have Skyler Thompson to learn from next season. I think it would be incredibly valuable. I think it would be excellent. I know that's being selfish, but you know what? As a fan, you can be selfish sometimes. And I just, I don't know about his development. I don't know what he, like you said, I don't know what he wants to do. I don't know if he wants to play in the NFL. Some guys don't. You know, that surprises some people, though, Tim. Some guys just want to play college football and then just want to get on with their life. You know, their dream stops at playing college football. And a lot, most people, the dream is ended because they can't play professional football. But for some people, though, Tim, they just don't want to go. I mean, you get beat up in college. You'd be surprised, even guys that play every week, but trust me, I've been there. Your body's just beat up after a game or after a season. And some guys just don't want to play. But I hope he does come back. I hope he wants to play at K-State. He would definitely be an asset. We'll be a better football team if he's there. That's being selfish. But, again, I'm a fan, so I can be selfish. Having said that, though, if he doesn't want to play and just wants to be done, I will not hold that against him. So it'll be interesting. uh, But hopefully – uh, maybe his body's not beat up. Maybe he had his surgery. Maybe he's coming back, and maybe he's got, he wants to compete and and just wants to keep playing as long as he can. So, because I'm not sure about his NFL prospects, I don't know. I'm not a scout. I have my thoughts. I'll keep them to myself. Having said that, I think uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I hope he does come back, though. Absolutely, I agree 100. percent This is the Powercat Post Game Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. We're going to take a little break. K State loses its final regular season. Game 69-31, you heard that right. They finished the regular season at 4-6 and six overall and 4-5 and five in the Big 12. 
after opening 4-0, they lose their last five games. And the big question now is K-State, will they play in a bowl game? Will the Wildcats line up for a bowl game? Well, selections aren't until two weeks from now. And let's hear what Chris Kleiman has to say about that and the importance of this time period as they wait for the selections to be made. Well, we've got a couple weeks where we're just going to practice the young guys because the young guys have missed so much time uh, for COVID reasons and things. So the next two weeks, we're going to lift everybody and just practice the young guys uh, and then figure out what the heck's going to go on 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 December 19th or 20th. If we're fortunate enough to play in a bowl game, we would want to because we need the extra practice time. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Kansas State loses its final regular season game, 69-31. There was nothing nice about it. It was an awful day at Bill Snyder Family Stadium for the Wildcats. Brian Hanley and Tim Fitzgerald breaking down the game for you. And, Brian, every time K-State offensively had an answer and they kept cutting it to two touchdowns in the second half and you'd think okay defense get a stop offense get back let's get back in this game you're moving right. the ball and then and then they almost return a kickoff for a touchdown he's tackled at the one I'm like this is the most un-K-State day I've ever seen in, in a yeah. long time yep yeah, it, it just it couldn't I was thinking the same thing get a stop and puts a little game pressure on him you know, maybe they'll turn it over. Maybe the guy will hold when he doesn't have to hold or something. They'll make a mistake. We never were able to put any game pressure on him. And then we, the game got away from us. And, 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 I mean, it just, oh, man. I mean, guys were running free, just running free, just running backs, not being touched. Receivers 15 yards wide open. It was just, oh, man, it was just bad. Just bad. It was insanity. K-State finishes the regular season at 4-5. and five. The best thing Wildcats can do is a tie for sixth now in the standings. West Virginia is losing to Iowa State as we record. West Virginia still has Oklahoma. So that looks like it's going to be another 4-5 and five team when it all shakes out. Um, you, you know, I played Chris Kleiman there. Uh, talking about the postseason, he wants to play in a bowl game. He wants the practice time, and I understand those things. I just think this team's done with this COVID season, and yep. I, I think they should milk as much practice out of this 
uh, as they possibly can. They, like I said, they have the two weeks before the announcement that they can keep practicing. He wants to work the young guys, work the young guys. But I, I just think this team's mentally and physically done with this season and all that's gone with it. They are mentally whipped. They are just mentally whipped. They're done. Uh, they're not trying. I, I don't know. I mean, you can see today the effort just wasn't there at all. So if the effort's not going to be there, then and you could tell. You could tell. The guys are just literally done with playing. And it's too bad because they're giving the, – they gave it their all, but at some point – you're done. At some point, you're just done. And today, that was just, you could see it. You could see it at the, not necessarily at the beginning, but you could see it throughout the game. Guys are just mentally and physic, physically, too. They're just finished. They're just finished. And when that happens, I mean, coach can want to play in a bowl game all he wants. Is it going to be good or bad? I mean, you can want to work the young guys, and that's fine if you want to work the young guys. But at some point, you got to just look out for the guys. You know, and be the person of of reason, and say, you know what, we could do something else. Let's let's work them in the off season, and let's get better there because this season is done. Yeah, I I agree. We'll see how this uh, handles itself because I don't think K State will get an invite. It looks like uh, the Big Twelve bowls will be filled by everyone above them in the standings. I mean, the Big Twelve is only going to get one team into the New York Six bowls because Iowa State and Oklahoma are going to play for the Big Twelve title, and one of them will get a third loss, and that ain't getting you in that large bit. So everyone will kind of topple down through losing to Arkansas State in the end is going to come back and bite K State on the butt because. Five and five West Virginia will look a lot better than four and six Kansas State, even though they tie in the Big 12 standings. I don't know. I, I don't know if maybe another bowl, a lot of the smaller bowls that were indecisive about who was even going to be available to play have canceled. So the opportunities will be fewer. Um, I, I, I appreciate Chris Kleiman knowing that his team needs more work. I understand that. And I wish the NCAA would step up and say, hey, everyone who lost spring football, you can have X number of extra days this next spring. Sure. Was a gap. I mean, I think that would be a, a proposal that, that the Big 12 should make because uh, warm weather conferences that could get in spring football were at a huge advantage this year over those yes. that didn't have spring football. I'm not sure. Well, Brian, I have failed miserably. I didn't get this, the topic for questions up uh, quick enough. But I did get it up, and nobody seems to be asking questions for us. But I'm going to dig around in Wabash Station and find some other questions, uh, maybe not attributed them to the people. Just give me some topics here. Uh, there have been a lot of comparisons uh, on social media, on the message boards, that this looked like a Ron Prince team. Now, oh. yeah, that's that's uh, that's going a little bit too far for me. But yeah. I, I understand where people are saying that uh, the team gave up. Ron Prince team started giving up a lot of points in his second season after going to bowl in season one. For me, the difference here is I really, truly don't believe Chris Kleiman's lost this team. I don't believe this team is is happy and totally settled. But I don't term this as he's lost the team. I think the team is just tired, just worn out. Mentally and physically, as I've mentioned from this season, it's not about the coaches. It's about the COVID for me. That's, I think yeah. this team is just shot and uh, they're ready to move on to another year. Uh, but wh- give me your thoughts on that hot take. This is Ron Prince all over. No, that, that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Um, you could see, even in the first season, when we went to a bowl game, you could see 
the bad coaching that was going on there. I mean, all you have to know is you have your defensive coordinator leaves the first year to go be a defensive back coach somewhere else. I mean, you can see the bad things going on in the program. That's not going on here now. So let's not go overboard and be ridiculous about this because that that is not the case. He's not lost the football team. Um, being mentally and physically beat down doesn't mean that you've lost your football team. It just means you're mentally and physically beat down. I mean, there's a lot that's going on. I mean, there's a lot that these kids have had to endure and be under. That's not normal for college kids. It's just not normal for a college kid that they've had to do this year. And quite frankly, they're probably mentally not ready to do that. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. Having said that, I mean, I don't, I'm not making excuses for some of the bad play because, again, everybody's had to deal with it. But at the same time, if – if you're ravaged by it, you're ravaged by it. And you see the teams. I mean, look at LSU. We mentioned it last week. Look at them. They have more talent than probably 75 to 85% of the teams in the country. And look at their season. So it happens. It happens. You know, and it just it's not a Ron Prince thing over again. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Now, again, if we see some things that happen next year, that, you know, fall by the wayside and things of that nature, okay, we can start having that conversation, but that's not a conversation to have right now. It's, no. Quite frankly, it's ridiculous. No, and I think people are reading too much into this season, uh, positive or negative. I, I yeah. do. I, I think Texas is foolish. Now, if Texas can get Urban Meyer to come out of retirement, I, I understand that is a move you want to make. But Correct. if you don't get Urban Meyer, uh, all the candidates I'm seeing – I don't think uh, their first year is going to come even close to matching what Tom Herman can do in whatever year it is for, uh, you know, I, I just think they should stand pat and yeah, it's pretty hard to fire a coach after they just won a game so emphatically. I don't know how you do it. That's, that sends a pretty bad message to all the coaches that might want to take the job. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what they're thinking in Texas. Um, I'm not here to say that Tom Herman is a great coach. I, I don't believe that he is. But it's a COVID season. Things were just haywire for everybody. I know they didn't meet expectations, and they didn't. They didn't. I mean, having said that, though, I mean, I, you can't just be firing a coach that just his last game they put 69 points on the board. Yeah. I mean, what? what's the message? I mean, who wants to come and coach that? I always wonder about these coaches that come in after somebody has been coaching well and what they think. I thought the same thing in Nebraska. I thought, wow, why are you coming? And they didn't like what Frank Solich was doing. He was only winning nine games in a year and went to a national championship game. Do you think you're going to do better than that? Like, uh, I, I just... You know, it's it's just crazy, and I know the expectations, but get out of hand. But I don't think they were out of hand in Texas. They just didn't need them. But it was a bad year. It's a, I don't think anybody that's thinking about making a coaching change this year, they've got problems because this was just not a normal year starting in March, and it just was not a normal year for football. You can't. I don't think you hold unless you've had a bunch of guys getting arrested. That's something different. Or guys not going to class and all that. That's, again, something different. But based on what you see on the field, it was just a different year. I don't think teams should be out there trying to make changes this year. 
I agree. It's just silly. Purple Hokey wants to know about tackling. What the hell happened to this team tackling? They have been hit and misses tackling through the first two seasons. Uh, I mean, people are are waxing poetically for Scotty Hazleton, but they had tackling issues last year at times, too. Yeah. Guys, a lot of guys want to just put their shoulder into them uh, and think they're going to knock some guys down. You weren't knocking down some of these Texas guys. They were bigger and stronger than you, and they made you look silly doing it. Uh, yeah. What what is this thing with tackling now? And do they need to just spend an entire practice tackling rugby style? That's the new thing: is to get guys rugby style and get your head out of there and tackle, tackle, tackle. It's what Urban Meyer's pushing. That's what a lot of good coaches are pushing now. Uh, blah. I don't even know what to, how to describe this tackling. It was just nonsense all day long. Well, and one thing that we probably that has to be taken into consideration is how much practice are they actually doing tackling? Yeah. When you don't have numbers, then it's hard to go out there and practice tackling. I mean, it makes it impossible to go out there and practice tackling and hitting like that when you don't have the numbers. Because if somebody gets banged up, and that's where most people get hurt is in practice. I mean, people think that everybody gets hurt in the game. No, it's not. Most people get get banged up in practice. And it, it's when you don't have numbers, you can't go out there and practice tackling like that. You just can't. You can't afford to do that because you won't have guys for the game. You know, and we barely had it anyway. So it's just, I don't know how much they had, but it, it, either way, the, the tackling was just poor. I mean, just poor, poor, poor. And it, that's one thing. It just has to get better. It just has to be better. And with better players and better numbers and things like that, hopefully it will get better. But, yeah, we, we've, we've got to get better at tackling. Stop just thinking you're going to throw a shoulder in there and thinking you're going to knock a guy down. That you're, We're not big enough, strong enough, fast enough to be able to do that. We just got to get in there put our head in there or do the rugby style, whatever. But rugby style is wrapping up. Right. Then there's a difference. You wrap up. No, you can't tackle. You're not tackling with your shoulder and that's it. Leaving your arms behind. There's no tackling drill. That's ever been taught that you always have to wrap up, see what you're hitting wrap up. And we don't do that. We got to get back to that. But again, it, 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 it'll, it'll come with, with more numbers and more practice. So hopefully, we can see that, but we got to be better because, like you said, last year we saw it seep in and out from time to time as well. We That's just something that has to get fixed. It has to get fixed. I don't care what sport it is, and you, you know this as an offensive lineman. If you're tired, if you're not as focused, your fundamentals collapse at some point. Yeah. Your feet don't move to the right spots. You take bad angles. Um, your your mind is slow to get to, you know, started in the right direction. They just looked fatigued mentally and physically. They weren't in the right spots, and they really didn't want to hit. That is the routine Texas typically plays in cold-weather games, and K-State did that today. We don't yeah. want to hit, and that was just hard to watch. I didn't understand it at all, but um, I, I'm going to give the players a break. I think they are... They are shot. Uh, Fervor Purple has thrown in a few questions here as you're listening to the Powercat postgame podcast from the golf course to the tailgate. Show your purple pride all week long. Caddyshack Golf, where caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com. Use the code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And we appreciate Caddyshack Golf being our postgame sponsors for two years in a row. 
Well, assuming Courtney Messingham did call the plays, which he did, is the question here from Fervent Purple. Are you happy that he kind of figured things out or upset that he couldn't figure it out sooner than this? Well, I mean, I don't know that I'm upset. I mean, he has to be better. I know that. I mean, I'm not going to be just flabbergasted. I mean, last week was a disaster at the end of the game for what we were trying to try to go win a football game, and we just gave it away. Um, But at the same time, you got to remember, we didn't, we couldn't throw the football down the field to a receiver because either they couldn't get open, they couldn't catch it, or they weren't available. So that hamstrings you a little bit. But he has to be better. There's no question that he has to be better. So I don't think I'm mad one way or another. It's just, hey, this is a season. We weren't at our best. Next year, we need to be at our best. And you need to get some things, more things figured out. Get some more innovative offensively. You know, don't be so predictable um, and and move forward in that direction. Uh, We probably need another running back out there, a running back or two that we can use. Just, you know, just be more innovative and just be different than what you were this year and everything will be fine. In my opinion, I just, that's, yeah, I'm not bad. I I just, you got to be better. You had a bad year. I mean, we had a bad year. We all know it. There is no fans or butts about that. Let's come out next year and be better. Now, if you can't be better, and next year you're not better, that's another conversation. Yep, very but, true. Uh, yeah, let's move on. He uh, he wants to know why Chris Kleiman sat on the ball at the end of the first half, and instead of maybe trying to get the ball down the field and and get some points. Um, again, this is another one of those situations where I feel like Chris Kleiman was just like, let's get the hell off this field and try to regroup at halftime. Uh, but I did kind of feel like. Yeah, it's pretty bad already, Coach. You might as well roll the dice that, you know, you might turn it over because Texas is getting the ball to start the second half, and that didn't Correct. work out well. I would have gone for points, but what what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was a mistake. We had time. Just go down the field or, or attempt to go down the field. Give guys a chance. We were moving it pretty well. Just give yourself a chance. Give yourself an opportunity. It's We're four and five. Uh, they were up 14 points um, at the time. Why aren't we attempting to go down the field and try to get something? I mean, we're not. It's not the national championship game where you know we don't want to make a make mistake or it can cost us everything. It's not what was going on here. We're just trying to win a football game. Give yourself an opportunity. And I thought, you know, the conservative approach, which bit us in the butt last week, the conservative approach, that's not the way to be. I mean, at, at this point in the season, there are times for that. That just wasn't the time for it, I didn't believe. Does this game damage Chris Kleiman's program? I, I mean, it's going to with recruiting um, somewhat, but I don't think it damages the the program the interiors as far as the infrastructure. I don't believe it in, It does the infrastructure. Now, there might be some fringe recruits that may, we might be trying to get in Texas that are like, hey, you just got whipped by Texas. I'm blown out. I don't want to go there, whatever the case may be. Having said that, I, I don't. It, it's not a program crusher, but he's going to have – and I know it's, uh, I'm, I'm talking in a COVID recruiting season, but you know what? Everybody else has got to do it too. We, we just he's going to have to to go get some more recruits. And quite frankly, I'll just, I mean, I know this is not going to be the linchpin of what we want to do. He's going to have to go get some junior college guys that can come in and play right now. 
He's going to have to go and do that, whether it's receivers, offensive, defense alignment, whatever, a running back, a quarterback, whatever. He's going to have to go and do that and say, hey, guys, we got positions available right now that you can come in and go get some guys. I know that sounds selfish or silly because, I yes, I played went to junior college and did that whole junior college thing. At the same time, we were pretty good then, too. So uh, when we got junior college guys, but you're going to have to go and get a few that are going to be able to come in and play right now. I think that's what's missing is I know that you want to recruit guys. You want to coach them up. We got to get some guys that can come in and play and be a di- make difference makers right now. And if you now if you could get those guys in high school, that's great. That's great. That's because that's ultimately what you want. But I don't know that we're going to be able to do. We got to just get some difference makers. That's that's it. Some difference makers. Yep. Junior college transfer portal something. <laughs> I, I yeah. I know they want to build with young recruits. They want to be a developmental program, but they also have to compete in the short term and. And uh, having enough scholarships is going to be a problem, not the other way around. So getting a couple, you know, maybe four or five upperclassmen that burn through their scholarship in a couple years, that might work out well for K-State actually in the long run with this bottleneck that this COVID season is going to cause in in scholarship counts. I'm just not – I don't think this this game uh, changes much. Uh, Well, that's not quite right. Uh, I don't think this game is – uh, showing great cracks in the program. But I did say this on social media. I think it's this game does cause me to want to step back. And if I was Chris Kleiman, to step back and say, okay, do I have the right coaches? Do I have the right players? What the hell do I need to do differently? What are we doing here that isn't working? Because as he always said, football is football. Uh, but I think he's finding out in the Big 12, it's football's pretty darn tough. Everyone can play. Yeah. Everyone's good. Yeah. Everyone has players. And Texas has really good players that you have to compensate for with better players than you have. Football isn't yeah. just football uh, to no. some extent. I mean, you got to have football players. I mean, I know it's the old cliche. It's the haves and the have-nots and whatever the case may be, whatever you want to say. But you have to have good football players. I've said it before. There are no good coaches that didn't have good players. That do- literally doesn't exist. There are no good coaches that don't have good players. So you're going to have to go and find some good players, some difference makers, you know, some Deuce Vaughns that can come and play right now and make a difference. We're going to have to go find those guys. So, you know, you're right. As far as taking a step back, we, he does need to do that. He does need to evaluate that. I would hope he does that every year. But at the same time, this has been a weird year, but it wasn't a successful year. I mean, we can call it that. It wasn't a successful year. Take a step back. Do you have the right coaches? Do you have the right players? Do you have enough difference makers out there to be different? And right now, the answer to that question is no. Got to have some some more players. Got to have more players. Got to build the depth. We just have to do that. At the same time, you got to compete. You just got to get some difference makers out there. That's all. Got to get them out there. His name's Brian Hanley, former Kansas State offensive lineman and our football analyst at GoPowerCat.com. And this has been the PowerCat postgame podcast. A lot still lies ahead for Kansas State football. Will the Wildcats get a bowl invite? Will they accept a bowl invite if invited? And also, will there be changes in the offseason? 
One more big storyline we'll be tracking at GoPowerCat.com is the transfer portal. Will more guys from K-State go into the portal? We expect it, but we expect it all across the country as the NCAA considers legislation which makes a one-time transfer immediately eligible no matter what classification in terms of grade you are. That will wreak havoc with a lot of rosters, and I think it will also impact K-State. We'll follow it all at Go Powercat. If there is another uh, game in terms of having a bowl, we'll be back with pre- and post-game coverage. But if not, Brian, it's been a good haul this season. It's been a weird year. It's been uh, a really, really weird year. Uh, And uh, I'm just – as a final thought, I hope to get your thoughts on this. I'm just astonished. K-State just went through its entire schedule without a change, without a delay, without a, a, a no contest being declared and the game having to be moved. They lined up the games in their off weeks, and they went through it. wasn't pretty, but they got it done, and that alone's a victory. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I mean, I don't even know how many teams across the country can say that. You know, that we lined up when we were supposed to line up and played when we were supposed to play. So I don't know how many teams are out there that can say that. That's a good thing. That means for the most part, we were doing what we were supposed to do and trying to stay healthy. I know a lot sometimes, and a lot of times it's out of your hands, but I think that to, just for that alone um, says something about the program and where we're going. Um, it wasn't a great season, it was a crazy season dysfunctional season at best but you know what it's still something to build on it's still moving in the right direction we can't just think okay well we lost the last five games and everything is just horrible i don't believe that i believe that you know there were circumstances to some of the things and some of the games that we lost did we play well in all of them absolutely not can we play better absolutely will we play better i sure hope so at the same time, the program, I think, is in the right hands. I think we're moving in the right direction. I just think it's just going to take some time to build what we're trying to build. That's all. I think we were just ahead of the game last year, and I think they got everybody's expectations higher than maybe what they should have been, mine included. I think we just won games last year that we probably shouldn't have won, and this year we didn't win those games, and so things look different. And you got to keep that part of it in perspective and just, hey, we're still moving in the right direction. We just have to be better. We got to go out, get some guys. Coaches got to get better and just keep moving from there. There have been positives and negatives about the 2020 season for Kansas State football, but there's no doubt that the biggest positive was the littlest guy. Let's go out on this Powercat postgame podcast with some words from Deuce Vaughn about what's ahead for him and the Wildcats. On the field, I feel like uh, I had a whole bunch of fun this year. And uh, off the field, I mean, I can work on a whole bunch of things as far as being a leader. That's something I'm going to work on whenever I get into the offseason, whether we have a bowl game or not. Hoping that we do get to play one more time with these boys. Uh, I'm going to work on being a leader and I mean, that's what's been preached all years. I mean, we need leaders on this team. We need people that are going to take accountability in this team and then pull everybody along with them, and that's something I'm going to work on. So, of course, I mean, Coach Dawson, the strength staff, and everybody, they're going to take care of the physical part during the offseason. But mentally, I'm going to take take care of the uh, leadership part on my behalf. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.